Welcome to another episode of The Artsy Raven, a show about writing and publishing with your host, J.F. Garrard. So welcome everyone to another episode of The Artsy Raven. And today we are going to talk about freelance writing, editing, and self-publishing with Kirsten McNeil. Canadian self-published author Kirsten strives to connect with people through her words and inspire the world to reach its full potential. Her stories and poetry are based on her own knowledge and experiences. Though they are mostly fictional, they speak her truth about today's societal pressures and the world we live in. In her spare time, she runs her own blog, plays piano and guitar, and hangs out with her family. She fully supports all things artistic and creative as she speaks her mind and lets her own creativity flow into words on the page. Her website is kirstenmcneil.com. So thank you, Kirsten, for being on our show today. Thank you for having me. Now, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got into this whole freelance writing and editing gig? Yeah, so I was born and raised in British Columbia. Um, reading, writing, and music have always been something that has inspired me, anything creative, really. Um, ever since I was little, I've wanted to be a writer but I didn't seriously get into it until about 2015 when I graduated college. And to improve my skills further from the creative writing courses I took in college, I always try to read informational books, take online courses and join groups online to learn from others that way. Since then, I've been writing books and stories and helping others create content for websites, editing novels, and several other tasks like that. I have published two books, I have a blog, and I'm always looking for new ways to connect with the writing community. Uh, one of the biggest themes on my social media it involves positivity and empowerment, and I think that's something that all of us really need more of in our lives, and I just love encouraging writers to live out their dreams. I was going to say, yeah, as a writer, you do live with a lot of rejection a lot of times, especially if you're really trying to get your pieces out yep. there. And it's such a subjective Definitely. thing. Now, what did you do your schooling in? Was it in creative writing, like your bachelor? You did a bachelor or a college? I, I started out with creative writing um, and I was going towards an associate of arts degree. And it's kind of funny, actually, because I... I took enough courses to get a degree in sociology. Um, so I took a bunch of like creative writing courses, but my degree is actually in sociology just because that's the credits that I managed to work out in the college that I was doing. Um, I found that like the schooling that I got through like college and stuff, it just wasn't really right for me. And I just wanted to get into the career and get into the work and start going. So I did want to complete some type of degree. So I, I have an associate of arts degree. <laughs> I was going to say degrees are overrated, but anyhow, yeah. <laughs> so, so how does freelance writing work? Like, to my knowledge, is you sort of query magazines or other places and you pitch and then they take the pitch and they pay you? Like, is that how it works? For when I first started out, that was kind of what I did because that was all that I knew about. So, you know, like newspapers and blogs, you know, you try to find places where you can uh, be noticeable online and stuff like that. Um, but most of the work that I do right now uh, is with helping self-published authors create their copywriting. So 
newsletters, social posts, blogs, anything to promote the book. Um, so for me, the best method that I found was just building connections with other authors and being consistent in my social media to share what I'm all about and the work that I do. Um, and sometimes, you know, I don't have as many projects to work on. So I kind of make my own work, um, whether like writing my own novels or, you know, creating like uh, different content for writing courses. And, you know, all of it comes together just to kind of keep me busy and um, make make a living that kind of works for me. And I kind of find my own path that way. Okay, so you started off as freelance writing, but then the more sort of steady work is actually with self-published authors and helping people get their work out. Um, so I guess it's almost like you've become an entrepreneur, really. I mean, because you're trying, you're yeah. sort of selling a business, right? So in the beginning, how did you do it? You put together a website first and then you did some Facebook ads or something or? Yeah, I mean, at first it was, um, a lot of like social media. Um, I'm not very, uh, you know, in tune with the best ways to, you know, be a social media expert and all that. But um, I do try my best on Instagram. And when I did have my website up, I, I launched my website back in uh, 2019. Um, so that was really beneficial to have, just to have all of my stuff out there, all my like testimonials and my portfolio and just a way for people to get to learn about me. And I guess word of mouth, right? Like other people would recommend yeah, absolutely. their friends. I think that helps a lot. Now, when you were doing freelance writing, like did, did you find doing that work made you a better writer for your creative stuff as well? I think so, yeah. Because, you know, the more that you write and the more different types of things that you do write in different genres, different styles, you will learn and you will grow especially if you have feedback from other people and like the clients that you work with okay so were you ever did you ever have to deal with rejection when you were a freelance writer with your pieces absolutely that is always something that you deal with and there's always that little sting when someone doesn't think your work is like absolutely perfect uh, but I just have to remind myself that you know every person has their own vision of what they want and sometimes it might be hard to communicate exactly what they need. So it just requires a few tweaks here and there. Uh, I've learned that I just have to do my best to create something and understand that it's a collaborative process to create what the client needs. What's the best freelance piece you think you ever did and sold somewhere? Best, I think my best pieces, um, especially for small businesses, which I don't do anymore, but I did a lot of when I first started out. Um, one of my favorite pieces are like the about pages because it's really a balance of, you know, we're sharing facts about this person and their business, but you get to be a little more creative with it and you get to show off their passion for their work or the different uh, accomplishments they've had. So those pieces are always really fun. Okay, so do you have any advice for writers as an editor? like? before they send you something? Is there something they should clean up? Um, the, the more that you have in a piece, I find it's easier to, to edit down and to find which key pieces are really there. So I find that, you know, before you send work off to an editor, you, know, you do kind of want to have some level of, you know, a final copy piece, and then you can just kind of work it down and find new ways to, because when, 
you're working it on yourself, you might not find certain things that like when a fresh pair of eyes is on it, you know, then you kind of get new ideas, a different perspective. So there's kind of that nice balance of, you know, you still have a completed piece, but then we're going to have an editor come in and, you know, tweak it and work on it. So what kind of editing do you offer? Like there's like different types, right? There's the content editing and the in-depth. Yeah. Well, that's the in-depth and then the copy editing. Oh my goodness. So yeah, I guess, so, yeah. So I guess people approach you and they ask, or do you evaluate and you tell them you need this? <laughs> I mean, for the most part, it is about what the author thinks they need. And I usually just explain um what type of editing I do because sometimes there is a bit of a an overlap of the editing especially with like copy editing as opposed to line editing that's something that I like to combine because that's a lot of the technical structure so if uh someone doesn't understand like what the type of editing is then you kind of just explain and maybe there is a better one that they need at that point so it is kind of like a back and forth and usually if uh someone's at like the later stages of their drafts, you know, then it's just like maybe a proofread. Whereas, you know, the beginning drafts are more like developmental just to get the, the story out and the plot and get all the characters together. So you have a pretty active blog and social media. I think on Instagram, you were telling me before you're doing some, some weekly thing. Do you want to explain a little bit about your weekly positive? Yeah. Um, on Instagram, I do like, uh, Instagram lives and I have like a different theme every week so um, the first week of the month I usually try to do something positive and encouraging and stuff like that just to you know get get uh, motivation up and you know high energy and then I do like uh, a writing live and then editing just to give people a chance to ask questions or just chat about what they're working on as well um, I usually just do like 15, 20 minutes, just kind of chat about what I'm working on, see if anyone has questions. And yeah, I found Instagram has a really strong um, writing community. So I really like being on there. And it's such a visual platform that it's just fun to create graphics and connect with people on lives and things like that. Okay, I've never tried doing one. But like, you can you see the people? Is it like a Zoom call on the Instagram live? No, it's just you, but you can see like their comments and stuff. It's so funny you mentioned that because the first time I did a live, my dad thought that it was like a phone call and he was like yelling at the screen as my mom was watching my live. And she's just like, go away. It's 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 not, not meant to be two ways. She just talks to you and then you can write a comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> are there any other writers in your family no I'm I'm the writer of the family but uh all of us are pretty well read and avid readers so it's nice to get feedback from them as well when I'm on like my first drafts <laughs> that's pretty cool um so how do you balance your work in life because I think editing it takes up a lot of time and writing takes up a lot of time too so how many hours do you do a day of each or yeah, it, it does take up a lot of time, but since I'm doing this as full-time work, it's a lot easier for me to balance it all. Um, I'm usually a morning person, so I like to get started pretty quickly during the day, and then I kind of do like an average work week, like nine to five or like nine to four, just to, 
you know, be productive. And since I know that I'm more, more energized, more productive in the morning, I can do a lot of like the, the bigger projects or like the tougher pieces first thing. And then, you know, I can, every day I start just writing a list of things that I need to work on. And usually when I have deadlines, I can uh, break up each day, like how much I'm going to do. And then it's, it usually works out pretty well because I'm pretty good at staying organized. Do you have any habits that you have to like get ready before you start? You know, listen to music or anything like that? Not really. I find that um, I have to work in pretty, pretty silent work areas. Um, I find music because I like to like sing and dance and stuff. I get distracted by the music. So it's, it's easier for me to just kind of find a peaceful place. And then I write out my write out my uh, tasks for the day. And that's usually kind of like my little routine and then check my emails and then get started. So that works pretty well. Now you also self-publish uh, some books. So why did you decide to self-publish versus the traditional route? Yeah, so back in 2017, I was working on my first published book, uh, which is a short story collection. And it was something that I was really excited to share and I just wanted to do it now. You know, I, if I didn't get it out, then like I thought I would never, I never would. And I would just keep editing it, tweaking it and it just never would get out there. So I just decided to choose a release date and that would be when I would release it and I would have to finish it by then and no questions, no arguments. That would be my plan, right? Um, so self-publishing, I like that I have that control and the power to make all those types of decisions and uh, I think it's a really viable option for any author because I know self-published does get kind of a bad rap for not being traditional and you know flooding the market with just you know tons of pieces and uh, but there are a lot of hard-working authors who just want to share their work and this is just one of the many options that are available so it really all depends on author preference and I really love it and I enjoy the work that goes into it and I get to decide everything about cover design and formatting and book launches so it is a lot of responsibility but being able to be through be the whole process and understand the whole process and be there every step of the way is something that really works for me. This kind of reminds me of this Christopher Walken quote, this actor who was talking, I think he yeah. was asked about being in good movies and bad movies. And he's like, it doesn't matter. It's still a lot of work to be in a movie, whether it's good or yeah. bad. And it's the same Absolutely. thing with self-publishing. Like you say, it could be a good book or a bad book. But I think people don't understand how much work it is to actually self-publish, even if it's a bad book. Um, yeah, for sure. Did you end up designing your covers or did you find buy a stock art or... Um, at first, when I first published the book, I actually had a friend um, take pictures of me and like I was on like the front cover, but like um, my face wasn't shown, but it was just like we went to like this park and it was just we took some like scenic photos and that was my um, my cover. Uh, but after a while, I wanted to like freshen it up and, you know, create something new. So I did hire a Michelle Fresh Design um, in Victoria. She does she did she did my uh new newest cover so that was nice to have something fresh and something that really looks like a, a nice published book <laughs> and that's something you can control because usually in traditional the authors don't Absolutely. Really much of a say um so do you have any advice for people who want to self-publish 
I would say to do your research on your options because there's so many self-publishing platforms. There's so many um, small traditional publishers. And of course, there's the big names and there's there's people you can query to that there's like agents and stuff like that. So you kind of have to do your research of what's going to be the best option for you and look into um, your genre that you're publishing in and look at, you know, covers and titles and understand what's already out there, especially if you're like self-publishing, you want to show that you've put in the effort to like be unique and not just like try to copy somebody. Um, but just remember that like when you're self-publishing, all the final decisions fall with you. So you really have to be happy with the book that you're putting out and be proud of it because you, you got to create something that you really want to read and, you know, build your community of readers and writers um, even before you publish. That's one thing, too, that people, um, I think, forget about, like, if you don't have books yet, I can't build my community, I can't promote yet, but there's still so many opportunities to connect with readers and writers before you even have a book. Yeah, and I think people sort of forget that, like, writing it is one thing, but then when you're actually publishing it and marketing it, it's like you have to shut off your creative side almost and sort of think yeah. about the technical stuff. Like, how are you going like, to get word out there that there's this <laughs> book, right? So um, so it is very interesting. Did you have to learn any software to do your self-publishing or was there a high learning curve for doing this? Um, for what I use to publish, I use Amazon Correct. Uh, Kindle Direct Publishing. So their platform is pretty simple. Um, I know with their ebooks, if you want to publish a certain format, they do require certain technical things. But I know there's a, a program called Calibre that can uh, trans uh, transfer your uh, manuscript from like a Word doc to like their proper specifications so it's pretty simple there's not really a specific um, program that I use because I really just write my books in um, Microsoft Word and then I just convert it from there and Amazon's pretty good about um, showing their their specifications and help documents and stuff to make sure that you've got it all right. So you only publish on Amazon or do you publish anywhere else? Yes, for I'm trying to um, expand my ebooks um, for paperback. Uh, Amazon is like the easiest way for me to to ship those books like all over the world as as far as possible. Um, but for ebooks, I'm trying to expand more. Um, I know Kobo is an option that's pretty popular in Canada, um, so I'm trying to get on that. Um, and as well with paperbacks, uh, I buy author copies from Amazon and then I'm also selling them on my online store so there's a couple options but those are kind of the easiest for me since I'm doing it all myself. <laughs> yeah there's been a few like with the Ingram Sparks and the mm -hmm. Lulu's and the Draft to Digital and the uh, Smashwords but I think they're almost all overlapping so it's almost like when if you do do multiple sites you have to be careful of what you click yeah. because, well you're already selling it so you can't let me sell it too right so um, yeah I think some authors get overwhelmed by oh there's so many platforms and I need to be on them all but I think it just depends on what your preference is and what you like working with the best so you know picking like two or three even one just to start with is good because there's just there's so many options and you just you don't have to be on all of them you just have to find what works best for you 
Now, have you ever had to deal with a negative review? Um, I try not to read all of my reviews because <laughs> that can kind of really affect you because one of the things that you have to remember as an author is that, you know, things can get really subjective. And if someone doesn't like the work that you're doing, that's not like an attack on you. That's just their personal preference and what they enjoyed reading. Um, I wouldn't say that I've had a review of someone saying like, oh, I hated it or something. I've had like three to five star reviews, um, all varying opinions. Um, it's, it is hard when people don't just say, you know, oh, this is great. I loved it. But um, when there is feedback that is like constructive, you kind of have to decide if you want to really take it to heart and, you know, bring it forward when you write your next book. Um, I try not to you know, go back and like change everything based off of reviews that I see. Cause you know, if you try to please everybody, it's just not going to work. Um, so I just, I do try to read all the reviews and kind of take them into consideration before I react to them. But you know, it is, it is difficult sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You get very emotional. You're like, this is my baby. And yeah, totally exactly. <laughs> um, have you ever thought about audiobooks? I think there's a lot of hype about that. I have thought about it, but I know there's a lot of work that goes into formatting it properly and getting someone to do the voiceover. Um, so maybe down the road, that might be something I look at, but right now I'm just focusing on paperback and eBooks. Um, have you ever done any Amazon ads or tried? I tried to do it once, I think when I first started out with my um, short story collection. Um, because it was only published on um, Amazon from the States. So it's just kind of, it's a little bit difficult for me just to navigate all that. Um, but I know a lot of authors have done really successful, have been really successful with uh, Amazon ads and sales and things like that. Okay, cool. So you, so you have stock, print stock that you sell on your website. Is it like an autographed edition? Is that why you do it? Yeah, it's, uh, I have, my short story collection will be out soon, but my uh, book that I released uh, th uh, last year uh, is my self-improvement kind of nonfiction empowerment uh, book. Um, I do have signed copies and I do include uh, a bookmark and a couple stickers as well. Um, so it's nice to be able to add that little personal touch that you can't get just from buying off Amazon. <laughs> Okay, cool. So I think we can probably wrap up this interview. Um, so I would like to thank you, uh, Christine, for being here. And um, Christine offers professional editing, copywriting, and personal writing services through KM Writing Services at her website, kirstiemcneil.com. And we'll have a little link in the podcast, this podcast description that you can click. So thank you okay. very much. Thank you for having me. For more upcoming episodes of the Artsy Raven about writing and publishing, visit us at jfgarrard.com slash arpodcast. A reminder to Patreon subscribers that there is bonus content available for every episode on the Patreon website. If you enjoyed the show, you can show your appreciation by buying us some digital coffee. The Artsy Raven is produced by J.F. Garrard. The voice in the show's introduction is Chris Gorman, and music is by Tim Moore. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, stay safe. Mm -hmm.